We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here, the old man, Andreas Hale, in the building, still supporting his White Sox. You're a brave man. How do, what Tough the season. Fuck? Why would I be I, brave supporting my team that's like three games out of first place? That division's shitty. Exactly. <laughs> and we got like the easiest schedule in the second half. Oh, okay, okay. Don't start. So that's why the hat is back. All right. Now I just noticed no, that. I was the, like, oh, the, the hat, hat is back. because The hat is only really back because I didn't get a chance to completely shave my hair before I came <laughs> here. And I got millions of White Sox hats. Okay, I like it. Might as, might as well, yeah, you know. Starts off disrespect. No, just, just calling because the out. Yankees make a trade for Ben Attendee because. Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had to suck to force this. Well, Joey so, Gallows. Is, oh, no. That guy's gone. Who, I don't, I don't, so don't even speak his name. Huh? You're just going to designate just him? Just designate. He's out. Like, we're, we tried. We're good. Yeah. And uh didn't cost too many prospects, man. We're making more trades. This is the year of the Yankees. It would have scared me if we would have dominated all regular season because then we're definitely getting bounced. This kind of has to, like, you know, you let the, light the fire under somebody's Y'all need the ass. starting pitcher. That's it. That's probably the last thing. That you, <laughs> yeah, y'all man. could get, pull Luis Castillo away from the Reds. This is, like, three off seasons I wanted the same guy. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Cincinnati doesn't like us. So... They don't like themselves. Yeah. I'm <laughs> watching... Baseball, NFL starting back up again, which is going to be really fun. And then, of course, we have this world of combat sports here just exploding in front of us. We talked about pro wrestling on our last show, just covered everything on our last show in terms of pro wrestling. That means today we're talking boxing and we're talking MMA because we have UFC 277 happening from Dallas. There's a million UFC pay-per-views now. Like, it's kind of ridiculous how fast they're just churning out pay-per-views. But another one this weekend. So we'll go down that card, talk about that. Of course, we have a guest joining us from that card as well. So make sure you guys stick around for that at the end of the show. And then we have boxing, where Danny Garcia returns this weekend. So we get to talk about that also here in Vegas before next week. I seen Rahman held a workout. Talk about him a little bit, his chances against Jake Paul before we dive into it fully next week. I mean, I mean, that'll go quick, but you never know in the boxing world. We can get breaking news while we're recording this. There's so many fights still out there to be announced. So, pack show today. First and foremost, Dre, 
when people hear this, it'll be Friday, July 29th. It'll be dubbed and renamed Bay Day on Twitter. Beyonce drops oh. at midnight. Some people have heard the album. Me. <laughs> Are you prepared for the wave of classicness and classic terms thrown around on the internet? Or have you already muted Beyonce like me? No, I don't, I don't mute it. Oh, um, I muted the, the word. I don't even know the name of the album. Once I figure that out, I'm going to mute that. Renaissance? Yeah. I'm muting that. There's no combat sports relevance to that term. That can go. Beehive is getting um, muted. All of that. I can't do it. I can't. I do with everything else. I don't ignore anything. Like, in order for me to talk about things, I need to know about them. So I need to see how the internet reacts to Beyonce's album. And it's a good album. It's good. I don't even like Beyonce albums. But this one is good. You upset me. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry she made a good album. It's not, yeah, it's not my fault. How dare you? But it's a, it's a good album. It's just the, the thing is, is like, I, what is the window of time before it's being deemed a classic? Comes out at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. 9.15, they start saying it's a classic. The album's it's in my phone. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce could probably read where all these people are. She'd probably come to my house or send somebody to get me, so I'm not going to do that. I think the album's <laughs> like 45 minutes. So, yeah, about 20 minutes in, they'd be like, this is a classic. Oh. Then we got to hear that. Three songs in. Um, they'll, they'll, they're, Two things are going to happen. One... Beehive is going to go crazy, call Beyonce the greatest artist of all time. They're going to say she's better than Michael Jackson. Every all that time. stuff will happen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Two, they will juxtapose this album with Drake's. They are two very different albums. Are they similarly sonically? Like, like Well, I'm- because they both... Drake didn't tell everybody he was dropping a house album. Beyonce kind of did with Break My Soul being the first single. But Beyonce's album is more like Crystal Waters, Donna Summer, like... 70s disco, like, to say, like house music. It's, 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 a, it's, it's like black house music, right? Okay. Where the singers were very powerful over house beats. Drake's was like Afro house, like Black Coffee and those guys. Very different versions of house. It's like putting two rock bands against each other and one's like metal. Yeah. And one's like indie alternative. And it's like, it's not the same thing. People are going to do this. Be like, that's how you make a house album. No, they're two completely different kinds of house. That's how you know people are stupid and don't listen to music. Where did this wave of house albums, like, come from? There's only two. I mean, I'm just, you, you think? I'm just saying right now. Nicki Minaj's two. next album, not this one, because the current singles sound like everything from New York, right? So she sounds like Favio on every track. But not that one. Next one, probably house album. And then Megan Thee Stallion probably has, like, four house songs on her next album. I feel like this will be the wave going forward, because if they do stuff first, it ain't going to be the last. No, I mean, people are going to ruin it. Like, that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, you've, you can been t- a, you've been a house guy for quite some yeah, time. Yeah, I've always listened to house music. So, I, like, when I see, like, Beyonce's album's more like Neo's Closer type of house album. Right? God, I hated Neo house. I like Neo house. <laughs> when he like, went, like, away from R&B and then, like, super house style. Like, I don't, I like house music. So, it's just interesting to see p- how people are going to frame Beyonce's album and then, the funny thing about Drake's album, I tweeted this the other day. I was like, y'all still hate Drake's album? Because I see on social media, y'all, every song is somebody's soundtrack to it. Like, you shitted on it when it came out. But that's why Drake always says, I don't care what y'all think first week. I mean, I still don't like it. But again, I, have, I still haven't been in their environment to really like. 
I'm it's, into it. It's it's one of the again, it's one of those things where Drake Drake is keenly aware that there's gonna be he's never gonna give the fans what they want. Whatever it is, it won't be what they want. If no. he raps for a whole album, that's not what the fans want. So he all he does is sit back and go, I'll let y'all wait for a few weeks and then I'll come back. And then I'll look on TikTok and see how many people are doing Massive or Sticky or The Keeper. And then, then, I, then I know. Yeah. Like, he's still doing well. Yeah. It's a, he's playing the long game with, like, everything. Like, it's what he does. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how these people. The Beehive is going to be insufferable. They, it's, the worst, it's the worst fan group. We talked about this with Cole and everything on the show. My, Mariah Carey's used to be really bad. They came after me and tried to get me fired for BT. <laughs> I told you that, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. They tried to give me fire for I don't BT. think you told it on the show. I didn't? You've never told it on the show. Yeah, I, uh, where the hell was I? Can't remember where I was at. Somewhere I was working at BT. I, I tweeted something about Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey, and I happened to be at a listening session that had Mariah on the song. I can't remember what it was. It was an unreleased Mariah song, and I tweeted about it, and it wasn't good. <laughs> and her lead, and this is what, this is Twitter in, 2010. This is the early when like Twitter was like the wild wild west. You yeah. said whatever you wanted, and then I get to my office, I sit down, I get a call. Like, what did you say about Mariah Carey? I was like, what are you talking about? Like on Twitter, and I was like, who cares what I said on Twitter? It's like <laughs> who's really checking that? And it was like everybody's checking that. And but Mariah people want your head, and they want you to be fired. So what are we supposed to do? And then it became like a joke. But I was like, Damn. I was like, how many calls did y'all get? It was like seventy. <laughs> To get rid of me. Because I said something about an unreleased Mariah song that I didn't think was good. That it was, wasn't good. I don't remember what it was. I don't even care what it was. It's just the fact that Mariah fans in this early iteration of Twitter tried to get rid of me. I couldn't imagine what they're like now. But this version of Beyonce fans, they're pretty pretty ridiculous. Yeah, they're, they're the absolute word. Like, and we can even remove like sports fans. But there's nothing like it in music, in music fandom. Yeah. The, wor- the worst... Conversate Twitter conversation debate whatever it is is every I is you cannot escape LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, I mean that there two, are two hundred dollar dates are no those are bad. Yeah, <laughs> but LeBron versus Jordan like the graphics that people will create. Yeah, and be like shout out to my boy Nick Wright. He's got to stop. Le- LeBron number one ever. Jordan number three. <laughs> you got to le- stop. It's like did you watch Jordan? Like it's, it gets out of control. But the, people will post things like. Well, this is what he shot. Well, Jordan shot 20% from three. I was like, nobody was shooting threes back then. But in my head, when I go, well, if Jordan shot 20% for three and still led the league of scoring all those goddamn years, what are y'all talking about? Yeah. That makes it even crazier what he was doing. Yeah. If but, he wanted to be proficient in threes, I'm pretty sure he could. Yeah, if, if Michael Jordan sat there and everybody was like, you should shoot threes, he'd do what he did in the Portland series and nuke them for six threes in the first half and shrug his shoulders like, I can do that too. But those, that's like the worst community. On social media. I hate Jordan LeBron comparisons because they don't stop. That's fair. Beyonce's bad, but it's like, it's, it's black Twitter bad. Jordan versus LeBron goes everywhere. everywhere and it doesn't stop. Beyonce's is worse because it's not even a debate. No, it, It's not like people are picking on Beyonce. At this point, people just know. Like, yo, I'm not going to get Beehive. I'm not going to say anything bad about her. It's not even like they're defending her honor. They create the narrative. To then just speak on it and kiss Beyonce's ass the entire time. Like, people listen to whatever that album was when Jay-Z cheated. Lemonade. Lemonade. 
They're like, oh my God, yeah, I want to get rid of my boyfriend and women empowerment, all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, she's still with Jay. Like, do y'all see that? Oh, well, no. Well, Jay-Z did all this to get her back. Like, oh, y'all, they're habitual goalpost movers. Yeah. The entire beehive. You'll never catch them in anything. They'll move the goalpost from here three fields over. It is, it is the worst. And you can't be honest and be like, yo, that Beyonce was mid. You can't even call something mid. Because, oh, I'll be damned. So, yeah, like, they, they love it. She's riding a horse on the album cover. Now, you don't know how many black people I've seen riding horses on IG the past three weeks. I was like, oh, so now everyone's an equestrian? Like, you 5'10". You they're, like, they're like, what's an equestrian? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, man, you 5'10". Where, where, where do you find these? When was the last time, like, you really went and he was like, you know what? We ain't going to the club on Saturday. We going to play polo. Like, what are you, what are you doing? No, no one's rode a horse. Everybody riding horses. Look, I can't disparage Beyonce because she's become this huge influential artist. Um, to the point where my nephew, who is 16, is like, I showed him a picture of Jay-Z, and he was like, who's that, Beyonce's husband? And I was like, holy shit. That's where we're at now? That's where I, we're at. I can't even talk to him when I go to your crib. But that's, that's how these kids look at Jay. Jay's the old man in the club. Even though Jay-Z is Jay-Z. And even these young kids, they don't mess with Jay like that. They think he's all washed up. But my daughter says that because she's also saying that, but she just does it to really make me mad. She knows it. And I'm just, and I, my only retort, and it's much like the Jay-Z versus LeBron argument. My only thing I come back is, is Beyonce the greatest singer of all time? No. She's like, well, no, she is not. Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time. One is the greatest at what they do. The other is nowhere near. End of discussion. I won't say it's nowhere near. She top five? Yeah. To a lot of people. You can make a compelling argument that Beyonce, from Destiny's Child to now, is top, top five. five. Yeah. Shit. You can no, make, no. You, R&B and sing is way too deep. I'm telling you. And I'm you. not putting the caveat of like male and woman. No, of everyone. Oh, of everyone. She ain't. Like, Somebody will make a compelling. Look, there is an argument. Beyonce is not outside the realm of possibility to enter that conversation. I won't agree with it. Yeah. But you could say from 1999. I'm not sure Beyonce's Mariah. Oh, no. I think she's better than Mariah. Mariah makes bad music. Mariah had a number one single for 11 straight years. But Mariah makes bad music. (laughs) And people will fight me over this. They will. (laughs) They will. I'm not not a fan. Mariah's a phenomenal (laughs) singer. I just. That's fair. The stats would fight you. Yeah, the stats would fight you. The stats say differently. I do not like Mariah's music. I never have. I never will. Like, (laughs) there are certain songs. She's a phenomenal singer. Yes. But. And and singing talent. Yes. Beyonce's not Mariah. No. No, no, She's no. not Mariah in stats and chart. Like, mm. Mm. the stats are not the same. Mm. She's a better dancer. Of course she is. Mariah but, can't I mean, move. look, man. That's about it. That's Beyonce could have sold a box of nothing and called it an album. I mean, you, she has rabid fans. Yeah. Like, but, but you can make an argument that to a certain generation, Mariah, I mean, uh, Beyonce's top five. You can make that argument. She, in terms of influence, that's, that's fair. You, I mean, I, I won't agree with it, but I see, I get that it. same generation thinks NBA Young Boy is a top ten rapper of all no, time. So no, what are we talking no, about? No, that's, really? That's, no, it's not. You you ask anyone twenty and down? No, it's NBA not even twenty and down. This this is this is thirty five and under. We're talking about. That's fair. I'm just I'm just saying generations is a weak. 
another odd caveat to put in there. But in the grand scheme of music, if you're just objective and people have been around long enough to listen to all of it, cool. If she's top five, she's five. Like, you're getting, she ain't Prince, she ain't Mike. So let's just get that off rip. I agree, but you've so seen, you've seen so the now debates. we're going to three. Yeah, you see I've, people talk I've about she's a debates. better entertainer than Michael Jackson. It's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous, but there she ain't Prince, she ain't Mike. Now we starting there. Some people put Stevie there. Yes, I think Stevie has a case. Stevie has a case. He's number one. Sure. No, no, he does not. Yes, yes, no, he, does. he does. Yeah, Stevie Wonder has a case. My clear number. Look, he has a case. Longevity. I'll give. I'll give the case. For. Cause that's the motherfucker was blind. God damn it! Like if we don't talk that's about like Stevie Wonder Will at number one, I guess there's a case to be made if Wilt is your number one. But to me, it's like Jordan. It used to be Jordan and Magic for me, and then Wilt would come at like number three and further. You put, but, you put Wilt over Kareem? I mean, I did. I did. All right, if you wanted to be Kareem, but it was still behind Jordan and Magic. That was my conversation. Growing. And then we can start the list with everyone. That's funny because, like, Magic is in top five in a lot of people's list. People dis The disrespect for Irvin Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in today's day and age is ridiculous. Hey, over at Sporting News, it's my job. And they did their Mount Rushmore's for, like, each city. And Bird was left off the Boston one. I never was he on Indiana? Like, because like, just his college career in that state. Um, he I'm, could I'm, possibly be Mount Rushmore in that state. I'm just saying. They, they. I can't remember who they put on the list. Uh, I don't no, care. It doesn't even like who you, Red Sox. You're going with. It, wait, did they leave him off? Pedro. Uh, like, who's the greatest Red Sox? Let me, let me of not all lie. Time. Like, keep talking. Big Poppy over Pedro. Keep talking. All right, sure. So big, big Poppy goes from there. I don't know who you put on the Celtics. Like. Bill, he's got to be, be Bill Russell. Wait, hold on, right? Like on. that's all. If you need to put somebody over Bird, it has to be Bill Russell. Only because of the number. Of no, he's not. Okay, Russell, Brady, or and Ted Williams. They didn't, they didn't put Bird, and I know they. Oh, Ted Williams. Yeah, we got to put Williams, Ted. or and you got to put Brady. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, you got to put or. Now you know what they're getting dicey, but, but it's either Bill Russell or Larry Bird. I'm going Larry Bird over Bill Russell. That's just an era it's, thing. But, it's, like, it's, no, it's, Bird Bird is the greatest Celtics. Larry Bird, someone today was like, Larry Bird wouldn't score 20 in today's NBA. Larry, Larry Bird would have several 60-point games. Larry Bird would be Jokic. Yeah. Plus some. Because yeah. Jokic can't even get in the paint. Larry's grabbing 16 boards a game yeah. and lighting people up. Yeah. See, like this Larry logo. This conversation is difficult because Bill Russell is like God. When it comes to like acquiring rings, like like he's got rings on his toes. Yeah. Right? Like you try to get the ring on his wrist. Coached one of them. And Tom Brady is obvious, right? Tom Brady is arguably the greatest NFL player of all time, depending on how you look at NFL players. Yeah. It's either him, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor. Bobby Orr, you gotta put Orr on. Orr has to like hockey like it was Oren Gretzky. <laughs> so and then there's like, Ted Williams. And it's like, it's Ted. It's Ted. I mean. But I, I look, I sorry, Ted. Ted. Bye, Ted. I'm putting Larry Bird. Because, dude. <laughs> you ain't playing against black, black people, Ted. If it, wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't for Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, the NBA wouldn't be what it is now. 
Yeah. That's tough. Big Poppy don't knock nobody off of here, Cole. And no. you're, you're a Boston fan. Who does he knock? I understand he broke the drought. No. He's the Red Sox. Over Ted. Over Ted. You put a lot of stake in championships. There you go. You put Larry Brown. <laughs> All this to say. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, like sometimes personal hey. stats trump championships if you're on loaded teams. Look, look. I don't know how we got here. We're talking about Beyonce. And <laughs> the cases that can be made. But the point is, is that you could make a case for Beyonce. And the Beehive, they don't make a case. They just bang the gavel and walk away. That's it. They're just like, Beyonce dropped an album, classic, and they leave. And it's like, dude, can we have a conversation about, about this? And that's not what's going to happen. The album's going to drop tonight. I heard it. Like I said, I liked it. Is Jay it. on the album? No. Oh, I ain't listening. All right, cool. Thank you. What? I'm, I'm not listening to Beyonce if Jay ain't on it. That's weird. Yep. Right. The, only, the only Beyonce songs I thoroughly can go back and listen to all feature Jay-Z as a verse. Well, and he'd be giving her like some look, real mediocre verses, but it still, it still helps me listen I, to her. I don't, li- I've said, I don't like Beyonce's, like Mariah Carey, Beyonce, like I don't, then is I your just, wife a Beyonce fan? No. My wife. That's why I love your wife. My See? wife is just like, she's cool. She likes everything that Beyonce represents, but she's, she thinks that, God, I'm put my wife out there. <laughs> yes. My wife thinks that Beyonce is the Jay-Z puppet and that ever since she got with Jay, like she became like more of an activist and more outspoken. And she like, she gives her no credit for that. Even though years before, like when they first started dating, me and Quest Love had this conversation. I have it on tape somewhere. And I, I can't remember who I was interviewing Quest for. But we got in this conversation. I just let the tape roll. He was telling me about how Beyonce has all this, like, jazz and soul, but she's scared to let it out because of the sponsors. And Jay kind of helped her with that. But my wife was like, I don't believe it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both definitely a, a product of the machine. And they are, together, a business entity. Yeah. So, like, I, I understand that dynamic. I'm so glad. When we go on this cruise together, like, your wife's not going to be bumping Beyonce. No, not at all. Like, house music on a boat because we on a boat. Nah, none of that. I'll throw on the Drake album. I ain't playing no Beyonce. This Beyonce album is good. I don't even, again, I didn't, Lemonade was cool. Most Beyonce albums I don't care for. I like this one. I've only heard it, like, five times. I listened to it, like, all day yesterday on the loop while I was working. And I was like. Yeah, house music. I don't know. Listen. And I like, like I everything she pulled audio. from. Everything she pulled from. Like, again, I said, like, Donna Summer. Like, all that stuff is stuff that I like. So it was like, to hear her do it, I was, and then, you know, like, there's like New Orleans House on here. It's like, it's a good, like, dance album that pays homage to Black House in ways that Drake's album is not doing because that's not what the target was. Like, he was targeting a different type of house music, different kind of dance music. But what, watch. Just watch people put those two. That's how you make a house album. I'm like, all right. Oh, it's like Metallica telling the Beatles how to make a metal album. It's like, it, it don't work. It's not the same genre of rock, but here y'all are being stupid. Watch what happens on Twitter. I can't wait to see. Let's hit our first break, come back, and dive right into USC 277. During this break, do not listen to any Beyonce. Do not smirch the name of the corner podcast. You guys wait through this break entirely. We're coming back with MMA. Don't go anywhere. All right, everybody, we are back. Time to talk MMA. No more Beyonce. UFC 277 happening from Dallas, Texas. I can't get away. Is she from Texas? She's from Houston. No, yes, don't Houston. count. All right. So I might pick against the Black Beast 
just because he's from Houston, he's competing on Beyonce weekend. So we'll see when we get there. We have a full UFC 277 card. Honestly, not my favorite card of the year. No. It's not, but it's fine. a lot of these are when it, when you look at it on paper, you're like, eh, it's not great. And these are the ones that end up having like six finishes in the last seven fights and stuff goes crazy. So last time I thought that against Nunez and Pena and Pena upset Nunez. I was like, oh, this card isn't great. Fun fact. If you go down and look, it's the first time Amanda Nunez has headlined a pay-per-view in a long time. She had to lose to do it. Yep. It's, it might be her first time since Ronda. Because she got the title. She beat Misha for the title. At UFC 200, and that was a late headliner. Yeah. They got, they got pushed up because of yeah, John. because John. And then she beat Ronda. No, she has another headliner. And it's... Uh, that's going to be tough. I can find it, but I... Whatever it is, the fact is, is that it took, like, the Cyborg fight she didn't headline. Uh, I don't think she headlined with the Pennington fights or the Shevchenko fights. Man, I think one of the Shevchenko fights she headlined. So she was a co-main against Megan. She was main event against Felicia Spencer, UFC 250. Yeah, she gets the bad pay-per-views. Um, oh, what? So, what yeah. a weird fight. She wasn't even the co-main at UFC 245 against Duran and me. Yeah, it, it's... Co-main. It, Amanda Nunez is in this spot where it's like, I lost, I'm in the main event. Yeah. And we'll start from the top down because I really want to talk about this. I just want to ask you this and I'm going to make my case because my article on this comes out tomorrow. If Amanda Nunez loses to Juliana Pena, again, who is the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time? Valentina Shevchenko. Nope. Amanda Nunez. Because she beat Shevchenko twice? Nope. Not even because of that. You know how much work these women have to do to do what Amanda Nunez did in seven years? At one point, she beat every champion the UFC ever had. This is my point. She beat Ronda. She beat Holly. And that, she didn't just beat them. She murdered them. Yeah, she ran through them. She ran them over. Uh-huh. Ronda, Holly, Cyborg, Durandamy, Shevchenko twice, which were difficult fights, but she still won. Yeah. Misha Tate. There is, and then those two wins over Shevchenko, they do mean something when you want to put them up That's against true. each other. So, even if Amanda Nunez loses to Juliana Payne, which I don't think she is. I think she's going to destroy her. I had a talk with her. I interviewed her the other day. And there's, there's this weird sentiment. I went back and I watched the fight. And if you watch Amanda go to the, the stool in between rounds, you watch, and you watch her face, she can't breathe. Yeah, she was dead tired. She had COVID. Remember? She had to pull out of the fight the first, fight, the first oh. time because of COVID. So I asked Amanda and I said, uh, you know, I know you had the knee injuries that you didn't reveal until later, but it was COVID that got you because you couldn't breathe. And what she said to me, she was like, you know, a lot of people talk about my conditioning, but I went five rounds with all these people. You think I can't go five rounds with her? And I was like, she's got a valid point. Like, this is not like a real excuse. We've never seen Amanda Nunez that tired in a fight. Never. That's not true. That was early in her career. But dude, not even after the first round. She used to be a, a first round. Like, if you take her to the second or it's to any type of deep waters, that used to be the blueprint. Well, and then she changed camps. Well, yeah, she won an American top, top team, team. And she and figured things unstoppable. out. But, I mean, she went five rounds with Shevchenko twice. Yeah. She uh, went five rounds with Durandamy, right? Yeah, Durandamy. Yep. She went five rounds with home the first time? Sounds about right. But Pena, she can only go seven minutes with? 
Something's wrong. Something was afoot. And I believe, you know, when I said COVID, because she said she couldn't really train cardio because her knee issues. And I was like, yeah, but could you even do that? Because back then, this is last December, we still didn't really understand the long-term effects of COVID. Yeah. And as somebody who recently had it, I'm still tired. So I can only imagine blowing your load and then going to the stool and like you watch her and she's like, you watch her face and she's like, this, something's wrong. Yeah. Similar and, to Tiafimo. Yeah, it's against like, cambosis. It's just like something's wrong. Caught COVID in July, and you, you don't get your wheels back. Yeah. So I don't. If Pena were to beat Nunez, the something I've seen people say, well, Pena would be the great. No, not at all. Right? Ken Norton no. arguably beat Muhammad Ali three times. <laughs> yeah. Like arguably, Ali won two. But if you go back and watch all three of those fights, Muhammad Ali just couldn't figure out Ken Norton. Yeah. And nobody has Ken Norton on their greatest fighter of all time. Some people just have your numbers. So if Amanda Nunez was to lose the Pena twice, I still look at that resume and I was like, she blew out Cyborg in less than a minute. Yeah. No other woman has come close to doing that to Cyborg before or after. She's still the best in the world. So I don't care what happens. Like, people are going to say Shevchenko. I was like, Shevchenko got work to do. That's the thing. She could become. Yeah, but not. Not immediately, maybe not. Sunday morning, Amanda Nunez is still the GOAT. Yeah. But Shevchenko, if then Pena's there, she beat Amanda twice, Shevchenko's just like, oh, give me that belt. I mean, she already beat her. Yeah. Shevchenko already beat, beat her. her. Yeah, she, so she's like, yo, give me that belt. And she goes up to 135, becomes a champ champ, beats Pena dominantly, who Amanda couldn't, and I understand styles make fights. Then it's like, oh, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, she still ain't beat Cyborg, though. No, that's C- C- Cyborg, Cyborg is the one. I was looking, like I was watching her fights, and I was like, no, she wasn't just beating people. She was destroying them. Like, what no she did. No one the, picked Amanda against Cyborg. No, neither of us did. Nope. And she went out there and obliterated Cyborg. And, and some fighters, they lose and they fall off the table. They're never the same again. Cyborg got back on the horse, went to Bellator, just started beating people up again. <laughs> That's it. And it made you go, well, damn. Now, you could say, yeah, maybe Cyborg had a bad night. But Cyborg has never, she hadn't been beat since her first MMA fight in 2005. Five, yeah. She hadn't, been, she hadn't been beat. Yep. Gina Carano, you go Julia Budd. Like, you go through the list of Cyborg's people, and not only was she beating them, she was demolishing them. Amanda Nunez put them paws on her and got her out of there in the first round. Amanda Nunez looked at Ronda Rousey. She was like, cool. Beat the shit out of her. Looked at her like food. She fought Holly Holm, head kicked her to hell. Holly Holm is the one who beat Ronda Rousey. Yep. But it's not like we're doing MMA math. Amanda said, well, you beat her. I'll beat you, too. She beat everybody. Everyone. Except for Juliana Pena. Win or lose, she's still the GOAT. I, I, you can't tell me otherwise until somebody else builds up that kind of resume. And that's what hell of a resume. It's outstanding. There's, there's, that's the Anderson Silva case. She's, she's the only, the fr- only woman, not more, I'm sorry, male or female, to hold and defend two titles in two different weight classes. Yep. It's her run in that window is as good, if not better, than what Fedor did. And what Anderson did and what GSP did in their windows. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, outside of John, and even John, if you put it on paper, amount of champions you beat, former champions you beat, dominant champions, big names you beat. If you put it on paper, Amanda Nunez might have the best resume in all of MMA history. Right now she does. It, the, the unfortunate thing about MMA is it's weird to have greatest all-time conversations because women's MMA, I think the first fight was in 1997. 
It didn't go into like the mainstream consciousness until Gina Carano and Cyborg fought. And then it was Ronda. Yep. It hasn't really even been here two decades yet. So it's hard to say like greatest all times. You still got a lot of work to do. But, hey, but look, she's been in it from. Yeah. But if you look at jump. what this woman has accomplished, I mean, again, it ain't just who she beat. She destroyed them. She murked everybody. And then like, Shevchenko, she beat twice. Yes, Shevchenko was out of her way class. I don't care. She lost. Yeah. Twice. First fight, I mean, I thought it was. It was close, but still. I thought Shevchenko won. But that's fair. Misha Tate. Murdered. You just go down the list. Yeah. I've been and, and not only that, she, she leads the uh, Bantamweight division in most finishes. She has the longest winning streak in UFC history at 12. Like, I mean, she is her own division. Yeah. She has a belt in the division. Like, Juliana Pena tried to make a joke. She was like, well, what is the featherweight division? Because nobody's there. Well, they made it because of Cyborg. Yeah. And the manager was like, I like that belt. He's like, all right, go. It's a damn shame they didn't make that a main event. Yeah, and nobody else wants to be there. No. And she was like, all right, cool. And then she beat her. She The, the way she beat Bink and Anderson, it's like, who's beating? Like, so starting with this fight, I don't look at this as Juliana Pena has her number. I look at this like when Matt Sarah beat GSP. And GSP was like, you motherfucker, in the nicest way possible. It's this GSP. And he went out there and obliterated Matt Sarah in the rematch. This is what's going to happen. The way I talked, it was weird because it was like I was talking to Amanda and, and Nina, her wife, was behind her with the baby. And when I talked about the fight, she was like, I'm so excited. And I was like, I was like, is there a fire that's back? She was like, she was like, no, you know, this loss, like, I fought people that are better than her. It's like, I know what to do. I just couldn't do it that night. I can't wait to show everybody what I'm going to do. And she's smiling. I'm like, oh, she's going to beat the shit out of Juliana Payne. She had to look at her on the Ultimate Fighter for all those weeks. She's a better fighter. She's a, by far. far so. I mean, it just comes down to you can't make mistakes. So you're picking Amanda? Yeah. I, unlike you, though, I think Amanda needs to win this fight. I mean, she does. Like, I, I think it's a must win for Amanda. No, no, no. In so. short term, vacuum, narrow vision, Amanda has to win. Oh, like because you have to win. Yeah, but legacy wise, legacy wise, nobody's taking that spot until somebody can build another resume. No matter what happens, she still has that. But now, I'm, yeah, I'm taking a man. Yeah. Uh, by what? F- first round finish. What? I'm gonna say Amanda gets wins by TKO in the first round. Now I could see the petty aspect where she subs her. Just to get it back. There you go. But that's <laughs> I'm going to take the TKO. I'm, here's why I'm taking the submission. This is a weird thing. So I looked at like FanDuel and the betting odds, and I looked at like a lot of sports books prop bets. So she's a three to one favorite, and she is like a plus one seventy five to knock out Pena. She's a plus five hundred to submit her, and a plus four twenty to win by decision. It's like you guys out of your mind. Because a lot of people just look at Amanda that she knocks people out. Well, she submitted Megan Anderson. Yeah. She, she submitted Misha Tate. Now, how did she submit both of them? She hurt them. Knocked them down. Followed them to the ground. Really? Them. Julianne Payne has never been knocked out before. Never. She's been submitted a bunch of times. But she's got pretty good punch resistance. So what's going to happen or here? Or she fought a bunch of people that don't punch like Amanda Nunes. I mean, she fought Shevchenko. Okay. And Shevchenko Shevchenko submitted her. Yeah, she's. Death by a thousand cuts, Shevchenko, though. Like she, but yeah, Shevchenko well, did submit. I think Jessica I would say differently is Death of a Thousand Cuts. She, she got kicked <laughs> in the head and, and she found yeah. her head in the third row. Yeah. But I think Amanda's going to hurt Juliana. Instead of blowing her load, punching her, she's just going to submit her. Probably rear naked choke. Because if you look at the first fight, what everybody forgets is like, Penny got dropped. 
Mm-hmm. And Amanda was trying to finish her, and she was hammer fisting, throwing punches. She would have just took her time. Pena's, she's not that great defensively on the ground. She kind of reminds me of Chael Sonnen, <laughs> where you're like very susceptible to chokes and tri- arm triangles and things like that. I think if I'm a betting man, I'm betting plus 500 is way too good to That's pass up. That's a lot up. of good money. Yeah, like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, plus 420 for a decision? So you mean to tell me you think she'll go 25 minutes with Juliana Pena? No, that she's finishing happening. her. Somebody finishing somebody. No, she's getting smoked. Yeah, and then plus, plus 175. Uh, it's not easy to just spark someone straight out, one punch or one kick. No. So if it goes to the ground, she can either choose ground and pound, which I think is going to happen. Very possible. Or if she's, yeah, if she's petty, though, she'll wrap her ass up and, like, yo, give me this back. I just think, I just think that if Pena gets hurt, good she bet. goes to the ground, she's going to give up her back. She don't want to get hit in the face anymore. No. Nah. But she could take a punch. Yeah. Which means, I don't know who the referee for this fight is. I don't know if it's Herb. I don't know who it is. Whoever it is is going to let her take Herb. a fair bit of punishment. Herb going to let it go. If it's Herb, you know. And if that, that's the case, she's going to give up a limb. She's going to give up something. She's going to get submitted. So I'm picking a man in Nunez. But again, I don't care what happens. She's still the GOAT. All right. Fair point. Co-main event, Brandon Moreno versus Kai Carfrance. So I hate interim titles. I mean, this one makes less sense than others in the past. I mean, no interim title really makes sense when no, you think about like, it. No, but like Figueroa goes right now. Like, he's there. Yeah. He looks fairly healthy. This is kind of more like a contract, give me some money type thing. Like, yo, he's sitting out. Like, Yo, Amanda said the weirdest thing in our interview. I was like, and I think she said in the Mark Romandi's interview, and I'll go back to this. Amanda was like, I was like, do you regret not pulling out of that fight with the injuries? She was like, Nina kept telling me to pull out of the fight, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Right. And I was like, why? She was like, well, you know, there was talking about an interim title. Well, you were worried about an interim title? That shouldn't make you want to fight because they might throw another belt out there. Yep. That's dumb. Why And why would they do an interim title for a dominant champion who has not even been out a year? These interim titles are so stupid. So when we look at this fight with Moreno and Kaikara France, I think it's a great number one contender fight. Yep. But a belt? Why? What's the point? There's no point. I'm he thinking Brandon Moreno, though. Taking Kai Car France. I've been on waffling on this one. That, gym, that gym's on a roll. I just yeah. feel like this is their time as a gym. I don't know if I take him against Figueredo, but I think Moreno's great. I think it goes 25. Give me Kai Car France to win. I think it goes 25 as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of crazy scrambles in this. I don't think it'll be. I think this fight's going to go everywhere. I don't think anybody's going to get finished either. I'm picking Moreno because I feel like he's been, he's been hot. But this division is a weird division. Like, flyweight is a, is a very weird division where it feels like somebody like Matt Snell can jump into the title picture yeah. at any moment, right? So it's like... <laughs> no one's that much greater than everyone else. No. There's no, no. Mighty Mouse. And, and, the, and the silly part about it is I cannot believe that they were going to shutter this division. They've I, had some of the most exciting Cejudo. fights. Once made this way. <laughs> yeah, you look at that. That's a big motherfucker. Like, I see him walking around now. Like, how? Yeah. I, I mean, looking at Patty Pimblett. Like, Patty gets fat between fights. I love Fatty Patty. You can't do <laughs> between that. Between fights. It's Fatty Patty and, and Ricky Fatten. Ricky Hatton. <laughs> boy, he oh. used to get so fat. Ricky looks amazing right now. You see Ricky right now? Yeah. yeah he Ricky look fine in shape again. Yeah, he best stays out the ring. Nah, he's coming back for the exhibition. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's 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 not 
No, but he cut 50 pounds for it. Oh, I know. I like, mean, this guy, like, I don't know how. That that was his life. And this people were like, yo, you get older and you can't do it. And then Ricky obviously battled his demons a little bit and everything. But for this fight, he was like, no, nah, my son inspired me. I'm getting back in the ring. I'm training like I used to. Boom, drops 50. Yeah, I mean, And this... he's old. And I'm just like, yo, I like, mean, he, you're Rick... 45 and your body can still react like that. I don't think he's 45. I think Ricky Hatton's like 43. Him and Floyd are around the well, same, same age. age. I know Floyd's 45. Yeah. Was... Yeah, Manny's be. about the same age. Manny, Manny's 43. Manny's 43. So maybe he's Manny's age. So it's like once you battle your demons and know how to manage your weight, it's a lot easier. Yeah. It's like, but when you're young. Patty's demon's a cheeseburger. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. When like, but he can do it. When you're young, you can cut the weight. It eventually catches up with you. Every fighter I've ever talked to was like, yeah, I wasn't cutting weight the right way. Yep. And one day I tried to cut that weight my, and my body was like, nah. Or they just, before it even gets to that, they'll get a nutritionist or something. They get a lot more money, obviously. And they'll be like, oh, I learned how to cut weight the right way. And I just, I perform better. Yeah. Like, I don't have to balloon up between. Errol Spence has told me this. Like, he was like, no, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Tank. Same thing. Like, he's just like, no, I manage my weight between fights now. That's what you're supposed and to. And I just perform. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's the key. Just because you can, don't make it the right way. And Patty's living in that. I can. It's like, that's cool. But you don't need to. Yep. You're putting extra stress, stress on your body for no reason. Um, next fight down, Derek Lewis versus Pavlovich. Sergey. I mean, I'm always going to pick Derek Lewis against people who are not going to wrestle with him. Yeah. Pavlovich. You know, Sergey's been on, like, a good record. Yeah, but he beat, Lewis. like, Maurice Green. Like, who cares? Like, like, Derek Lewis beat Curtis Blades. Yes. Knocked him stupid. Like, unless you have the ability to, one, take a punch, and then, two, wrestle him, it's really hard to beat Derek Lewis. Like, you have to wear him out. Daniel Cormier had to wear him yep. out. He doesn't like fighting for a long time. No. Or you got to <laughs> have an amazing chip. Yeah, and I don't think Pavlovich has that. I mean, he's like, but he hasn't fought anybody like Derek Lewis. Yeah, I think yeah. Derek Lewis knocks him out. Me too. The man has most knockouts in heavyweight history. Yeah. You see what he did to Matt Wells from MMA Junkie? Yeah, yeah, I swear. If he worked at BET? <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be Yo. used to have a black, black man. What are you doing? Yeah, oh, so if he worked at BET. I was like, God damn. He also man. asked for a Spanish interpreter when the Spanish guy was clearly talking English. He was like, no, no, no. And the data tried to like. This man's nuts. Derek <laughs> Lewis is nuts. He was like, no, no, no. Other Spanish guy. You tell me what he says. Yo, so, that shit was so funny. So the interesting thing is, Derek Lewis wins, right? Which we're both picking. Sure. What do you do with him? None, man. You just have fun. With who? Like. I mean, the heavyweight division. Heavy, like, he's the funnest gatekeeper in the world at this point. So, and you pay the man because he's worth every penny. Because he lost Cyril Gaon. Yeah. He lost Taito Ivasa. He got knocked down both those fights. Is, did yes. he go the distance? No, no. No. Cyril knocked his ass out. That's how he got the title fight. But he beat Curtis Blades. Oh, like, what do, you, what do you do with him? Like, if Tom Aspinall didn't blow his knee out against um, Blades. Curtis Blades... I'd be very interested in Aspinall Derek Lewis fight. Now I just don't know what you do with him. But it's another thing where you have like a guy like Tai Tuivasa who's coming up, right? Yeah. And you're like, yo, the, you're, Derek Lewis is the litmus test. Like the next Tai Tuivasa, he <laughs> has to get in there, you know? Like you, you got to figure out what you got. Um, and that's dangerous, always dangerous for him. But we've seen that. Roy Nelson was that for a period of time. Um, 
Mark Hunt used to be that guy. Yeah. Like, yo, he ain't washed, but he's a gatekeeper. So if you come in here, you know you, boy, you in for it. It's always that, you know. Protect your neck. Yeah, you coming in, be careful. Because yep. you know what he's going to throw at you. Remember when Steven Struve was hot? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Took his whole face off. Travis Brown, uh, Superman punched him. It made him turn into like one of them wacky hair <laughs> things. The, the Bailey buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't ever want to get knocked out like that. If I get knocked out like that, I'm just... I'm Stephen done. True, yeah, Stephen True was, was going. Like, there's... Heavyweight division is different. Like, heavyweight turnover isn't that crazy. He could be there and just keep racking up the knockouts. He could. And you could have a great career if you just linger around top five. I mean, you know, Derek Lewis is... He looks like as he, his career goes on, he likes to train less and less. doesn't look like he's interested in training. Right, you you give him way too much credit earlier in his career. He's he in better like, shape now. I mean, now he didn't like training then been. either. But I'm just saying it comes to a point where, like, what are we working on? Because I'm not improving in these areas. The only thing I'm going to do is knock people out. Yeah. I'm never going to learn how to wrestle. That's not my job. No. My job is to sprawl, roll your ass over, and hammer fist you to hell. Yep. Right? I'm pretty good at that. Like, I don't think anybody's in the gym with Derek Lewis is like, all right, Derek, we're going to work on triangles today. That's not happening. No, his ball's too hot for that. Yeah. Black beasts don't do triangles. <laughs> Like, it probably say, be like, what's the geometry? Like, I don't do <laughs> So, yeah, he's going to knock him out. And then under that, um, Alex Pantoja versus Alex Perez. We Spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, talking Alex Perez. <laughs> Alex Perez is our guest today. Alex Perez has fought since losing to Davidson Figueredo. Yep. Which was weird because he got in that title fight because of an injury and he, from the contender series. And it's like, all right, you're here now. And then Davidson was like, no, you're not. And just got him out of here. Now he's in a spot where could potentially be, I don't even know what you call this, a number two contender fight? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the other fights for the interim title, which I call the number one contender, and Davidson's his champ. Pantoja has always been a guy that I've looked at was like, well, he'll be a title guy sometimes, but I think that window is now closing. Yet and still, I'll stick with Alex Perez. There's I don't part- pick against people who are on this show. I know. So Alex Perez... I know. Keeping the streak alive. Perez is good. He hasn't fought in a while. We don't know what Alex Perez is going to show up. Pantoja's been good, but I don't think he's ever reached his potential. I think that window is now closing. So I'll pick Perez by decision. And then last fight, Magomed Ankliev versus Anthony Smith. I forgot Anthony Smith was on this card. They're not doing Anthony Smith's any favors in this No. Because Ankliev is a guy who's probably a fight away from a championship. Yep. And for that reason, I'm picking Akalaev. He's, he's just got too many tools. Look, Lionheart is a hell of a fighter. He's one of our buddies over at Sirius. Like him a lot. It's been exciting. Akalaev, man, Eastern Europeans, these, these, these guys just fuck people up. That's their job. Damn, and he didn't have an easy road to get here. Like his last three fights, Ozdemir win, Krylov win, Santos win. Takes people deep waters and drowns them. Yeah. Don't even got to knock people out. Don't got to submit them. It's just hell being in the octagon against this guy. He's he's got a different tool set, right? Like, he has more tools than most fighters in these weight classes. Like, look, we love Yuri. Yuri's champion. Yuri's a, he's a striker. Yep. Glover was older. If he was a younger version of Glover that fought that way, he probably would beat him. Uncle Live is like that. Where he's like, he can submit you, but he can throw hands with you. This is how probably Bianca Live's coming out party where he beats Smith in some strange dominant fashion. Uh, probably, probably stops a knockout. 
And oh, then I think it goes the distance, 15 minutes, but I, I think it's just domination. I just don't know if Anthony Smith is built to go the distance anymore. That's fair. Like, <laughs> let's see. The last time Anthony, well, Alexander Rackage was the last time he went the distance. For the most part, it's kill or be killed for Anthony Smith. And, uh, yeah, I just don't see this going 15 minutes. It could. The two guys that like to throw hands and act alive has got a lot of ways to win fights. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, Akadayev wins that fight, in my opinion. Before we hit up and are joined by Alex Perez, real quick, splash of boxing into the mix. Danny Garcia returns this weekend. I'll see him too. Hmm. 154 for Danny. Thought he was small at 147. Well, I think it'd be appropriately sized at 54 because he struggled to make some 47 down the stretch. But I always have the same problem with Danny Garcia that I've had with him since he beat Lucas Matisse. He turned into a counterpuncher. Yeah. Right? Shouldn't be any problem against Jose Benavides this weekend. But if you want to fight Charlo, if you want to fight the other guys at 54, you can't do a wait, especially when you get older. You can't wait for them to come to you. You got to sometimes go to them. I don't know if Danny still has that. Right? Because he did it against, like, Eric Morales twice. He did it against Lucas Matisse. He did it against Zab Judah. And then somewhere in the line, he was like, well, I'm just going to sit in the pocket. And he, Wait. All, all his fights are competitive because he's very skilled. It's never been a question about skill. Yeah. It's not like Jesse Vargas, who I was trashing the show. He gets his decision. I'm like, why did you get the decision? It's never been a question of skill. It's let your hands go. So I need to see him let his hands go. Danny's 34 now. Yep. Much like Adrian Broner. Yeah. He said Broner got, got beat by Maidana. I was like, nah, I'm never taking a beating like this. Again. Yeah. So, I mean, Broner was a different case because... Broner relied on his power and pot shotting and then moved up and wait and then realized, like, these guys should take my punch. Yep. And once he figured that out, he had no plan B. He still was pot shotting. He didn't throw in between anybody's punches because he didn't like to get hit. Danny Garcia is very swift, is, is very good at counterpunching. I think Benavides is going to come to fight, which will force him to fight. I think somebody might get stopped in this fight. I hope somebody gets stopped. I mean, stopped. that's a long layoff for Benavides. Yeah, I mean, he got knocked out by Crawford in what, 19 or 20? 19. And Swift hasn't fought since he lost the arrow. 19 months. So three years and 19 months are the two layoffs. And Jose Benavides was like, like really was good, good before then. Yeah, before. He fought that Crawford fight on one leg. Yeah, I mean, just, you know. Before then, he was supposed to be the truth. He was. Like the next thing. He supposed was supposed to be David. Well, he was never going to be David. Like anybody People was thought like, he was going to be David. Yeah, then he didn't see David fight. Um, no, I mean, it wasn't going to take away from what David would become. But they thought he'd be as dominant as David became. Yeah, they, that was a bad matchup for him. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, I want Crawford. They're like, you sure? Sure. Not right now. All right, you can have Crawford. Now what? Now Breaks off the young kid. Yeah, so I think Swift wins. It's just, you know, I, I want to see how he looks. Because now it's like 54 is, is Charlo land. And it's, I mean, how far are you away from a title fight? Not far at all. Because Charlo ain't got nobody. No. I mean, the Charlos are interesting. Bunch. I mean, Jamal Talking is in a worse space than he Dan, His quote, he's like, I want to fight Oscar. When you call him for Oscar. It's like, hey, man, <laughs> stop. But he wants to fight Triple G. I mean, hey, no, Boo Boo's to... right there. Boo Boo's obviously the, the next logic. Yeah, Boo Boo's out here calling out Conor Ben. Like, what are we doing, guys? He made a video. Yeah, it was he very cut a strange. Promo video. He cut a promo video where it was like this weird angle. It looked like he was in an NXT parking lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, who's going to jump? Where him? no one escapes. <laughs> and I'm like, boo-boo, what are you doing? And I've been around boo-boo for a while, and it's like, he's different, right? And he's out of his zone deal. Yeah. So he's, he'll be a free agent. Just go they, fight. 
Look, man, again, those who are new to this podcast, I worked at The Zone from the inception until the pandemic, uh, until Sporting News split away. So I was around Boo Boo, and I was like, what are we doing with him? Like, And he did himself no favors. I'll never forget. Luke Keeler fighting Miami Super Bowl weekend. Luke Keeler. Nobody knows who he is. I talked to Boo. I was like, you have to knock this guy out in an interview. I was like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Like, nobody (laughs) knows who this guy is. Like, if you want a big fight and you know you can knock him out, why not do it? He drops Keel in the first round and then cruises to a decision. I'm like, what? In Miami, Jake Paul's on the undercard. So there's all these social media kids there. He blew it. And ever since that point, it's like, He's good. Boo was a really good boxer, but he did himself no favors. And Matchroom at some point was just like, well, if he ain't going to do himself no favors, neither he are we. Yeah. He ain't selling. Got to let him go. But now he's free to do whatever he wants. Go fight Trump. I mean, Chris, y'all need each other. That would make Chris Mannix very happy. Wait. Chris Mannix has been calling for the Charlo and uh, Demetrius Andre fight for like three or four years. Yeah. So make the damn, because he ain't got nothing else to do. Unification fight. Yeah, Boo Boo dropped down to 54. Why not? Why not? I mean, come on, man. And then Triple G will be there, given whatever happens with the Canelo fight. Well, Big Charlo's talking about, you know, he shouldn't, Triple G doesn't deserve that fight because obviously Jamal wants to fight. But it's like, I don't know if you can beat Triple G, so relax. Chill. (laughs) (laughs) Like, relax on this this tough talk, man. Like, I like Jamal Charlo, but... I I've always have my issues with those two when it comes to how they present themselves. It's like just well, go he gotta fight. move up. Something. Figure it out. You've reached the crux. Nobody wants to fight the Kazakhstan. No, but I mean, Doc, you talking about Canelo and Triple G, David Benavides is right there. Yeah. Caleb Plant. Like those who you like stop talking about other people. You have opportunities and opponents. Stop talking. We, and we know you can fight. You, can, you may be able to beat them all. Yeah, I maybe. just hate how the Charlos present themselves sometimes because it's like, it just sounds ridiculous. Anyway. They get paid a lot to not fight anyone. Jamel different. But that's like his past like two fights, three yeah. fights. Like before then, like, he wasn't supposed to lose to Tony Harrison. He wasn't supposed to have a draw with Brian Castaño. Yeah, like, right? Like, yeah, come on. he makes things tougher than they are. That's the, kind of like the Charlo way. Yeah. <laughs> Poor cop. Who gets called out? Yeah. They get mad because it's like, if you're honest about them, they get mad. They feel like you're hating. It's like, no, man. We never, like, people never said you guys couldn't fight. It's never been a question of talent. It's a question of how you fight. The Charlo Castaño fight, the first fight, Castaño, for a lot of people, beat Charlo, who had no business going the distance and possibly winning the fight. Yep. Why are you going to be mad? Because that's what people saw. And then the second fight, you came out and did what you should have done in the first. Right. And now, you know, the people congratulate you. It's like, no, you're a hater. And it's like, no, we, I had eyes. I saw yep. what you did in that first fight. So I need him to get it together. Um, question about Danny Garcia. I asked Danny this, and he seems to think so. Danny Garcia, Hall of Famer? No. Hell no. It's, it's the Hall. Shout out to Mike Wilbon. It is the Hall of Fame. Not the Hall of Very Good. He's a two-division world champion. Yeah. He beat Eric Morales twice. Mir Khan, Zab Judah. Kendall Holt when Kendall Holt was hot. Uh, Lucas Matisse when Lucas Matisse was the boogeyman. Sure. Uh, he... Any of those Hall of Famers? Eric Morales is absolutely a Hall of Famer. All right. Um, but then the question is, is Amir Khan a Hall of Famer? No. All right. Boxing Hall of Fame is different. Yes. 
Like I voted, in the, I voted in the Boxing Hall of Fame. I get the list. Yeah. You got to put five people down. Yeah. There's still some names on there. That still ain't it. No. So like, nah. I, I, I agree. Danny, you ain't Andre Ward. Who so just went in? Swift, you ain't Roy. You Swift ain't. thinks he has Hall of Fame credentials right now. Like he says he fought. He's only had nothing but close fights aside from Arrow. Sure. Which is true. Close losses don't make you a Hall of Fame. Right. So it's like, I mean, maybe you sneak in depending on who's on that ballot that year. But yeah, but you need to, if you win, if you win a world title 54, if you beat Charlo, all right, we can have this conversation. I don't think he's there yet. Um, the list of names of who he beat is very impressive, right? Oh, that run is actually underrated. What Danny is, what Swift is impressive. Did. What he's done since then has been, that run was done in a four-year window. Outside of those four years, I don't think his career is, is much of anything. And then you look, cool, those are great names. Two division champion, one belt each division. Like, if those are qualifications, is Teofimo Lopez already a Hall of Famer? Like, well, well, no, but I mean, I mean, but like, you look at that, that's a crazy amount of titles. Yeah. Big wins. Like, so you're going through who he beat, the names, and it's like, all right, cool. Terrence is probably already a Hall of Famer. Obviously. Terrence is a Hall of Famer. Um, Keith Thurman? No. Be Danny. I know. And um, Keith, Sean, Danny fall in the same conversation. Yeah, you're very good. Yeah. You're not it's, a Hall of Fame. It just depends on who's on the ballot that year, right? Like if we, you know, we got Andre Ward in, you got Floyd in. Once you start getting those names, like when Manny's eligible, you get Manny in there. And if you're still there, all right. <laughs> like that's how, that's kind of how it goes. It's like, well, who's left? Because the Boxing you're Hall of Fame. the Mr. Irrelevant of the Boxing Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, look at the Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Who's in and who's out? Baseball Hall of Fame is a crock of shit. It is. It's like the WWE Hall of Fame. They'll put one, pe- one person in a year. Dude. They don't care. They give zero fucks. Listen, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before any of this shit happened, right? It's lucky I don't got to vote. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that he's not in there, I, I, I will never, I don't care. I don't care. care. Like, Everyone was juicing. I don't care. I mean, I, I just, yes, one, everybody was juicing. Two, Skinny ass Pittsburgh Pirates Barry Bonds still still like a thirty thirty guy. I, mean, I, think he, I don't think. And you can't prove that he wasn't juicing then. Maybe it's just different steroids. I mean, anabolic versus you look else. at the motherfucker. It's just like all right, well shit, he turned to a house. No, but, I mean clearly, but like, you can he was a five two player. Yep. Gold Glover MVP. Like the year he lost to Terry Pendleton. Look, people were like who the fuck's Terry Pendleton? Exactly. The year he lost MVP to Terry Pendleton, he should have won. The the voters just got tired of him winning MVPs. Yep. And that you're going to put... Motherfucker's got the home run record. I don't care what you say. My argument to steroids in Hall of Fame is always the same. And we'll head into our interview after this. It's always the same. Okay, they took steroids. People back in the 40s, 50s, 60s didn't. People back in the 40s, 50s, 60s also never had creatine. They didn't have protein powder. They didn't have all of these things that are legal today to put into your body that makes you a fucking machine in the workout room that makes you ginormous compared to them that make people leap and have 50 inch verticals compared to 36 like the training methods lebron sleeps in a higher hyperbolic chamber like he's fucking dracula like there's a lot of things that help you play longer and stronger into your career that they didn't have where do we draw the line why is steroids that way so like i understand you don't like it there's always advances yeah, well, you used to tear your ACL. It was the end of your career. Look, you tear your ACL now. You're back in six months. Here's here's my argument: the, the baseball Hall of Fame. 
if you can put a bunch of white guys who didn't have to play black players in the Hall of Fame, because if there if there's anything, <laughs> get your steroids, perform enhancing drugs, like all that. You're not playing against the best competition, you're not a Hall of Famer. Especially, look, I get it, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb. They played like the outfield was like 300 feet. It was it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. You you didn't have towards left center as like 406 feet. The fences were in, but you weren't playing the best. No. Even if you say, okay, they didn't play black people, you look at the current landscape of the MLB, they weren't playing Spanish people. No, man. Like, it's 75% of the MLB right now. They played against not one person from the Caribbean. No. They what? They weren't no Juan Sotos. They no. Were, they didn't play, pay, like, Babe Ruth. You, never, hit, you Babe, hit a Raldis Chapman in your prime, Babe bruh, Ruth. Bruh, and you bruh. played against not one Cuban. Babe Ruth never had to deal with Pedro Martinez. Ever. <laughs> Ever. He's in the Isle of Fame. You think, you think Ty Cobb would have batted the way he batted if he had to deal with, with Pedro Martinez? Pedro Martinez, as you guys are listening, is like, for me, is like one of the filthiest pitchers I've ever seen in my life. Ever. And, but you didn't even have an opportunity because they wouldn't let those players in the league. So MLB is bullshit. Boxing <laughs> Hall of Fame, yeah, I'm in the, the Boxing Writers Association. Whatever. I see the list. Some people make it in, some don't. I don't think Danny's. If I got the ballot and Danny was on there, I'm sure I could find five people better than him. He's yeah, got, he's any got given year. He's got work to do. So we'll see. 34. He better get it done. Well, the window's closing because these guys just they all do the same thing. They start fighting once and twice a year, and it's like before you know, it's like how are you gonna get in the Hall of Fame? You ain't fighting. Yeah, go fight. And then that's why Canelo is a short shot Hall of Fame because he was like, guess what? I'm fighting a bunch of times this year. And then I'll fight somebody that I don't even care about because I just want to stay active. And or, you look at that record and you're like, well, how can you deny this man the whole Or you got to make it count and be dominant like Triple G. Yeah, like, come on, man. You guys got to fight more. Yeah, so I don't... Hall of Fame, I'm not sure about that. I do think he picks up the win this weekend. And then you got to fight somebody. Yeah, I, I was like, do you want to... You know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I do this to fighters sometimes and I, I know it's a bad question. I, you know, I was like, do you want to fight again at the end of the year? Because... And I was like, I'm not asking this generically. I'm asking this in terms of you are 34. If you were to have an easy night, December, you should fight. Ryan Garcia turned it around quick. Yeah. Because he knew what he needed to do. His and his opponent was like, ran. He was like, yeah, that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you make quick work of somebody, don't wait till next August to fight again. Yep. You'll be 35. Like, you need to go fight now. Quit playing. I'll tell you this. Boots, Ennis should jump up. And say I'll fight you at 54 because there's no I, I think we get the Spence Crawford fight which means we probably get a rematch why sit there and wait I'm name hunting I'm going Danny I'm going Thurman and then we're figuring this well, out I'm going Thurman first if I'm Boots Ennis I'm fighting Keith Thurman I'm fighting whichever one will sign for December well no I'm sure you want to stay at 47 because you want to manage the way to 47 and if you beat Keith Thurman you're next in line if Danny which, don't want to come down and find Danny I'm fighting everyone in that era with a name I mean, look. Being all y'all up who were supposed to be good. Everybody should be scared of Boots Ennis. Virgil Ortiz fights next week. So it, it gets very, it'll be a, well, it's a very interesting division. Danny Garcia's got some work to do, man. He's got to get it done. I'm picking him to stop Benavidez. I think Benavidez, too much time off. I don't know if the punch resistance is the same. It's a job finish. But he's not a Hall of Famer. Nah, not yet. Let's hit our last break when we come back. We're talking with Alex Perez, ahead of UFC 277, which goes down this Saturday from Dallas. Can't wait to see what he says. Long layoff. See how he's preparing for this fight. See how he feels. Don't go anywhere. Right back after this. 
Welcome back, everybody. As promised, our guest for the week, Alex Perez, fighting at USC 277 this weekend in Dallas, Texas. Alex, thank you for joining us during what is, uh, of course, a busy week. Not only fighting, cutting weights. It's been a while for you, right? Like you, you've been waiting for this moment for quite some time. The division has played out around you. You face some of the toughest. You faced the champion before. But it feels like it's been a while since we've seen you in Octagon. How does it feel to finally be back after, let me get this right, five canceled fights in a row? Yeah, five or six. You know. <laughs> Lost count. Who's counting? <laughs> How does it feel to be yeah. back and in fight week? It feels good, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was close twice, you know, to get into the fight. But uh, it feels good to be back, be around people I, like I love. You know, my team's here. My friends are here. The UFC staff's amazing. Like, being around them is all good vibes. So I'm excited to get back in there. Seriously, how excited are you? Because the fight's not here yet, right? We're just a few days away. In the back of your head, are you going to sleep? It's like, dude, don't don't eat the wrong food. Like, Pantoja, don't 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 trip over a wire. Like, <laughs> how much are you thinking about this? Like, I, you got to get to this fight. This it, it's been too many fights. Um, not too much, man. Like, I mean, control what you can control. You know, I'm doing my part. I know Pantoja is a professional. He's doing his. Like, stuff happens, man. As crazy as it sounds, you know. Like I said, like, I, I think last week or the week before, there's someone that ate something wrong, like Cerrone, yeah, right, right? and loads on was too back to back, and you know, so I. Just, worry about myself and everything I will work out, you know? The last time we saw you in Octagon and you were fighting was two years ago. The division has changed so much. Two years ago, people were talking about, will there be a division? Will flyweight still be around? Now it's arguably the most exciting division in the UFC. How You have to take a step back and watch this play out. How was that for you, seeing how the division has now developed in two years? Um. Honestly, I really didn't pay no mind to it because everybody always talks about, like, what's next, what's next. Well, honestly, for me, it's the total opposite. If my name's not involved or if I'm not coming off a win, then I really don't really mind it. I mean, they put on some good fights. You got some good guys in the division. Uh, a lot more eyes on the division as well. So, I mean, I'm just excited that the division stayed. I'm excited that the division is booming right now, you know. And, yeah, I'm excited to be part of it again. It's been a while. The interesting thing is with this fight, they have said that you and Pantoja could potentially be alternatives if something happens to Kaikara France or Brandon. So would you want a short notice fight for an interim title at this stage? Or is it because this is another situation where you're preparing for one opponent and potentially you could be put in a situation where you're fighting somebody without a full camp against them. How do you feel about that? Um, to me, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I train with different body types on a regular day. You know, I, I'm, I believe in my conditioning. I believe I can go five rounds if something was to happen. So to me, to adjust just kind of reminds me of like if you're doing like an open sparring, you know, you just got to adjust to the to the guy. I mean, we all know each other uh, pretty well in the division. You know, there's only so much, so many of us. And um, we just got to kind of just play to our strengths if something like that was to happen. You know, you know, someone's weaknesses and strengths, you know, but at the same time too, it's not like, they're getting ready for me only as well, you know? So uh, if something was to happen, it was like we're all kind of like on the back burner. We don't know what, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So you know if you're going to fight one guy, uh, you know, myself, Moreno, Pantoja. So 
can't think about it like that. Like we're all got the same even playing field. Uh, the only thing difference is I think is that Kai and Brandon were getting ready for five, you know, five rounds. But I feel like I said I'm good at my cardio. I can go five rounds easy. So with that being said, now you finally get your chance to jump back into the octagon after two years. How do you see this fight going? What is there? Is there such thing as octagon rust? Do you feel like you're going to get in there and have the jitters again? Do you feel like you're just going to get in there and going to hit the ground running like you never missed any time? How are you mentally going into this fight? Uh, mentally, physically, probably the best of our band. Uh, I don't believe in the jitters. I believe more. I mean, the one big difference is, is obviously the crowd. I've been training just because I've been off doesn't mean I haven't been training. I haven't been working. So I think the ring rust doesn't really exist. But I think the jitters kind of do just, I mean, you're in front of a live crowd again. I haven't done that in a long time. So, uh, I mean, that's probably the one thing I'm, you know, kind of not worried about, but kind of get, I mean, I'm getting excited. So, you know, the adrenaline is going to be there. So yeah. I'm just worried about that, catching my second win and being able to go from there. Uh, you mentioned that you fight to feed your family, trying to get paid. I'm curious, are you still on your contender's contract or, or you've been able to renegotiate your contract since that last title fight? No, uh, you know, after X amount of fights, you get, you get, uh, you know, renegotiate. I think after, so you get a four fight contract, usually after the third fight, they renegotiate and kind of go from there. So, no, I've been off that contract. I think I was off of that contract the first year. Okay. I, fought, I think I fought five times under Zufa that first year. So is that a reason also why you want to stay active? Because we hear that from a lot of fighters. They're like, hey, I want to stay active. I want to be active. I want to get four or five fights. Yeah, if you sign a constant four-fight deal and you get to renegotiate, is that, like, a major benefit of, yeah, just put me in there as much as possible? Um, for me, no. I just like to stay active. I mean, you know I mean? Everybody likes to work, right? Everybody likes to support, support their family. Everybody wants to make a living. Everybody wants to, you know, secure the future. The only way I can do that is by fighting. Uh, you know, and this is my job. This is my private... I mean, don't get me wrong. I do side jobs. Like, obviously, teach classes, private lessons. I've do security, you name it. I've, I've done, you know, I open, I open up a, I'll say Republic restaurant, you know, I'm doing it. But my main priority, my main source of income is fighting. So the more I fight, the more I get paid, the more I can feed my family, the more I can give my son opportunities that I never had. So that, that's my mindset. You've had all these camps and no fight, but that means we haven't seen you fight. So my question is, how different is the Alex Perez that we're going to see on Saturday night at UFC 277 from the one that fought Davis and Figueroa? I just got better everywhere, man. Like I said, like, I mean, MMA is so hard just to focus on one thing, but, you know, I took some time focus on little things here and there and then got into camps and stuff. So, I mean, I've, I've gotten a lot better everywhere. My wrestling, my jiu-jitsu, my stand-up, my cardio, you know, uh, my nutrition has gotten a lot better. So, uh, just... Just getting better everywhere. Everybody's going to see a fun, exciting fight. You know, me and Pantoja bring a good style. I think we're going to bring out the best of each other. Last question for me. We hear this a lot in MMA, but 30s seem to be where fighters peak, right? Fighters don't peak in their 20s. It seems like stuff starts to click for many fighters. We see champions later and later in MMA nowadays at every division, every weight class. Do you feel like you haven't even hit your prime yet? Do you feel like you're just now getting to where you're getting to that championship level, even though you've, you've been in that position already? Uh, yeah, I feel like I think a big 
for me, I think a big thing is that the consistency, like I'm always in the gym, I'm always learning, I'm coaching, I'm helping break down film, stuff like that. So I think that's why you see a better improved version of myself every time you get in there. And then just, you know, obviously hitting my prime, uh, it's going to just add to that, you know, obviously getting stronger, knowing my body more, understanding things a little bit better. So I think it, it all has a little bit to do with everything. You know, obviously, like I said, biggest things, me being consistent in the gym. I live in the gym 24-7. My son comes with me to practice all the time. So, uh, you know, it makes it easy. My last question. This, this is, I ask these questions all the time, and I'm always curious what, what the answer is. You go into the fight, obviously you want to win, right? How much do you think about those performance of the night bonuses? Because usually somebody gets a, bit, a win, they're like, dang, the 50 Gs, let me get that 50 Gs. <laughs> do you think about that at all going into the fight? Any bit of it saying, you know what? I want to find a way to get that 50 Gs, whether that's an exciting back and forth fight, whether that's a, a quick guillotine finish or a knockout, whatever it is, do you consider those bonuses at all? No, nah, man. For me, if you start worrying about all that stuff, it kind of takes over. You know, you want to, you know, you might not go into a game plan, might turn to a slugfest, you might do this and that, you know, might not do something right. So for me, it's going there. My main objective, I always tell people, is it's about getting two checks. You get two checks, that third one's, you know, going to come maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, I'm just worried about collecting two checks. Got to love that win bonus. <laughs> Let's go out there and get that. Exactly. Let's go out there and get that on Saturday. Rooting for you. It's so great to see you back in the octagon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're knocking on wood and keeping our fingers crossed. We're doing everything to make sure this fight happens. We appreciate you. Thank you, Alex. Can't wait to see you on Saturday. All right, anytime. Thank you. All right, everyone. Alex Perez, UFC 277 in Dallas this weekend. Man, guys, been off two years. Pretty much one fight away from a title shot. Right. So got to love it. Got to love how the UFC works out. We appreciate you all for listening, as always, to this show. We had one hell of a time today. So much combat sports going on this weekend. And this next month, we are packed. Make sure you guys check out UFC. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow our YouTube. You can see our pretty faces. Corner Podcast on there. Shout out to Blue Wire Studios. Everyone here at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Producer Cole, Bay Bay in the booth. Everyone else for helping out. Appreciate everyone. There's a five-man booth today. <laughs> we, we are deep in the booth from myself, from the old man Andreas Hale. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.